Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The word of the Lord says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the God? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Genesis 3 and 4 says, then the serpent said to the woman, go you ain't going to die. Surely you ain't going to die. For God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I want to continue in our series, Dangerous Identity. And today for a subtopic, I want to talk about identity theft identity theft father we thank you for this opportunity to stand and minister your word speak to our minds speak through our spirit open my mouth and you speak through me and we will be better because we have heard your word and sat at your feet send the anointing that makes preaching and teaching easy and we'll be careful to give you the glory as a matter of fact we thank you right now for what you're already doing and what you will do in the lives of your people this day. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Identity theft. Many of you, as you left home this morning, um, you did a perimeter check of your home. You looked around your house and before you walked out of the door, you went to a keypad and you pressed a few numbers and heard a beep go off. And once you heard that beep go off, you heard a voice that says you may now leave or exit now. And you closed the door and exited. But before you got out, you checked the lock on the door to make sure that it was locked and if you go out of your garage if you have a garage you made sure that the door garage door was closed you as you were pulling off you looked back at your home to make sure that it was locked the reason that you did that is because there is something or some things in your home that you consider valuable. They are things of value. I don't want to tell too much of your business, but some of you in this room don't travel alone. You, you carry something on you to make sure that you're well protected. And the reason that you do so, because there is something on you that you consider valuable. 
I said this morning that uh, my wife's mother, my Mary, used to have that bad habit of leaving her purse in her car. Once she pulled up into her driveway under her carport, she would get out, leave the door unlocked or the window down, and go on in the house and be there half of the day. And when we would drive up on chicken, fried chicken Thursday or, or, or whatever day we decided to visit her, uh, my wife would look and see the window down in the car and her purse sitting in the car, and she would go in the house fussing, saying, Mama, you done left your pocketbook in the car, and anybody could walk up and steal it. And Mary would look at her and say, ain't nothing in there, and shrug her shoulders and just keep on moving. And my wife would walk away exasperated because my, my Mary didn't seem to care about That's because she didn't consider anything of value in her car. Can I submit to you that theft can occur when a possession is not valued appropriately? When you have something that you don't consider valuable, you will leave it for anybody to take. You'll leave it for anybody to uh, 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 misappropriate or take away from you. And, and, and so with that in mind, uh, I am reminded of the story of Adam as he is being created by God. The Bible says that Adam is created by God outside of the garden. He's formed and God then puts in him the breath of life. God, in that process, God puts in him the abilities and the wherewithal to be all that he can be. And then God, the Bible says, God sets Adam in the garden, in the midst of the garden, and, 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 and then gives him and expects something from him. He puts him in the garden and expects him to tend and to care for the garden. We pointed out this morning at our 8 o'clock service that if you look at the text closely, God did not tell Adam to protect or to tend. He expected him to. The reason being that when God put breathed in him to the, the breath of life, God breathed his attributes into Adam. And part of his attributes is to protect and to care for. And as a matter of fact, I submitted that it's an involuntary action of God to care for you. It's an involuntary action of God. To see, he doesn't have to think about it. He automatically cares for you. The mere fact that you're sitting up here looking at me half sleep is because God cared for you. Because the truth of the matter is last night you were supposed to die. Last night you were supposed to have a stroke. Last night you were supposed to be debilitated, unable to get up. But because God can't help but care for you. You woke up this morning, as, as old people say, on due time, and you were able to get up with the activity of your limbs, and you were able to choose your raiment. I feel Baptist right here. Choose your raiment, what you would put on and what you would eat, and march right up in here in Zion's camp, and, and choose to raise your hand or choose not to. But it was because God couldn't help but care for you. God couldn't help but protect you. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so he he puts Adam in the garden and says, Adam, now I want you while you're here. I want you to exercise what I've put in you. I want you uh, to put into motion, to activate all of the giftings, all of the managerial skills, all of the stuff that I've put in you, I want you to put here. And, and the reason that he did is because he says, you got it, now you can do it. I want to point this out and I'm going to move on quickly. God puts you where he puts you because because he understands that you have the capacity and the capability. 
You're where you are because I know, I know, I know, I know, I hear you, I hear you. I hear you over in this side saying, but pastor, you don't know where I am. I'm in a mess right now. I'm in a crazy situation right now. My stuff looking real foolish. And you talking about God bless me and put me here because he, yeah, he did, he did. Because he understood that even in trouble, you can handle yourself. Even he's put enough in you to get you out of whatever. As a matter of fact, you big enough to handle it and you have enough to manage it. First time I'm going to tell you to touch your neighbor. This ain't a preaching message, but I feel preaching right in here. Look at your neighbor and say, you're big enough to handle it. And you have enough to manage it. And so he sets him up in the garden and, and he expects him to tend and to protect the garden. He, he tells him what he wants you to do. That verse uh, 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 um, 2, 16, or uh, 3, 16, uh, 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 and the Lord commanded the man, in 2, 16, he commanded the man after he puts him in the garden, he says, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Every tree. I'm not going to go any further than that. Of every tree in the garden, you may freely eat. Hmm. Uh, which tells me God has a tendency to partner capability um, with permission and prohibition. He partners, partners capability with permission and prohibition. Mm -hmm. See, uh, capability without prohibition will lead to calamity. Power without guidelines and guardrails will cause you to mess some stuff up. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't look at me like that. That's the reason some of y'all didn't hit that number yesterday. That's the reason it's well over a billion dollars because God can't trust you. If he give you that much money, you're going to lose your mind. You're already about to lose your mind over extra $20. Let him give you a billion. You're going to bump your head somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. God has to have guidelines and guardrails and to, to, to help us manage our gifting so we won't misuse it or abuse it. Yeah, y'all, some of y'all looking all serious like y'all ain't got tickets in your car right now. Look how y'all, you know, I can't stand lying people. You know, people come to church and lie. You know you got that number. You done played your grandma's birthday. You done played uh, your shoe size. You done played your old address when you were 12 years old. And you done played, some of them got big feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. You done played all of these different things because you want to hit. Now you look it up here at church like you ain't. All right, I ain't going to bust you out, but if you hit, please come by. And we're going to have another pastoral appreciation offering. So he sets guidelines and guardrails in our lives to make sure that we don't abuse or misuse the giftings that he's placed on the inside of us. Look at your neighbor for the second time and say, you got a lot in you. Ah, in this age of millennialism, in this millennial age where we got to explain everything to everybody, I said this morning, there's some things God don't have to explain. God just expects you to obey. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't, he, 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 he don't offer explanation to his permissions or his prohibitions. He just says, just obey what I say do. And, and, and you can eat off of every tree. If you notice in the text, God gives permission first. Uh, he gives permission first and, and he says eat off of every tree go ahead go ahead and eat I ain't got to explain why I'm giving you permission I just gave you permission that's why when, when, when God meets you and blesses you you ain't got to offer everybody an explanation just tell them you're blessed you, you ain't, uh, look how y'all looking at me I'm telling you I, I, when the Lord allows me to go buy a house I ain't going to be trying to apologize to y'all for me having a house that got more than one bedroom in it I ain't got to explain I'm just going to tell you, God bless me. If my car don't work no more and I decide to buy me another one and it seemed to be nice and smell like new car, I ain't going to be trying to diminish myself just to prove something to y'all why he driving that kind of car. Because I want it and God bless me. And if you listen to me, I'm going to teach you how to get one yourself. Oh, yeah, y'all don't believe me. I'm a firm believer that you don't mind me driving a Bentley if it's about six or seven more in the parking lot. And one of them yours. I don't pretty much care about Bentley's. I like the truck I'm driving outside right now. But my point is that if I'm blessed, I'm not going to apologize for my blessing. And so now, God places Adam in a successful situation. Gives him permission and prohibition to operate that success. He teaches him what to do and what not to do in order to stay successful. And it's not until God puts the man in a successful situation that he gives him a woman. Uh, he didn't give him the woman while he was struggling. He gives him the woman after he's already successful. Oh, I'm going to lose my men right here. Because uh, uh, the Bible says that after he says, you may eat of every tree, but do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then he says, it's not good for man to be alone in all this success. I'm going to give him someone to share his success with. And so he reaches in the man. He puts him to sleep, reaches in the man, and forms and brings something out of him that is physically suitable, that is intellectually suitable, and that is morally suitable. Say physically, intellectually, and morally so suitable he he i heard a preacher saying i said this morning he didn't put him from from adam's head so for him the lord over he didn't uh pull the woman from adam's feet so he could trample over but he pulled adam uh, pulled eve from adam's side which he could love her close to his heart he could protect her up under his arm and he could care for her he brings him a suitable partner yeah. partner yeah. help me partner uh, there's a message in that and I can't dwell on it because I got so much to go but I, I just hit it and quit it that means man before you can get a woman you got to have success in your life you got to have something for yourself stop getting with these women expecting them to pay your rent I knew I was going to lose the room that's alright that's alright y'all already gave me my love offering that's alright you got to have something for yourself. 
have your own car, have your own house or apartment or wherever you are. And woman, you got to have a standard. The reason that all of you getting all these sorry men is because you ain't got sorry standards. You think if you raise the bar too high, you're going to be by yourself. I would rather be by myself and be and have a peace of mind than be with somebody sorry and be crazy. Look at, look at a girl and tell her, raise your standard. And, oh, this ain't in my notes, but this in the room. And make sure he 100% man. Some of y'all running around here with these make-dos. He'll just make do until the real man come. He don't know which way. He don't know what he want to be. Uh, y'all don't like it, but I'm going to say it anyway because I got the mic. Everybody here ain't sweet. Everybody ain't soft. And so y'all stop turning to each other. Now that's holiness talk now. It's just masking millennial language. But, but that's all I'm saying, mama. I'm talking about holiness. Y'all think because it ain't a whole lot of straight men that y'all now want a butch woman. That's confusion right there. Why I want somebody fake that looks like me when I can have a real thing? Oh, okay. He, he, he. He, he creates woman and then he puts her with man. Now, now I ain't, I've been on the men, but women, I can't get off of y'all because the woman had to have something when she, uh, when she put him with the, when he put him with the man. That means you got to have your own house. You got to have your own money. Help me means we partner together in success. That means you're in success and I'm in success and we work on how to be more successful together. Because here in the text, God commands them to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That means I'm going to put you in a successful situation and it's your responsibility to raise up more successful people. We are supposed to. When we say in this church we are restored to restore others, that means we have been restored and redeemed and our responsibility now is to restore other people to a right relationship with God and successful living. He commands them in the garden. He says, raise up others as successful as you and don't be ashamed of it. For the Bible says that they were naked and unashamed. <sighs> but the inability to appreciate who we are in Jesus causes us to become careless with what we have. I told you earlier when I started, theft can occur when a possession is not valued appropriately. That was my introduction now to the meat of the matter. In our text, Eve and Adam make a few mistakes that lead to their identity theft and ultimately untimely death. I want to share a couple of these things with you and then we can go on home and relax ourselves for the day. The text says, and the serpent. 
said to Eve or to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? The first thing I see here in this text is we are robbed when we allow the enemy to question the validity of what God has spoken concerning us. Mm. You see, Eve fell into the trap of minimizing the Lord's provision. Oh, yeah, yeah. God always gives us enough for whatever we need or whatever we face in life. Remember now, he gives permission first before he gave prohibition. God told him that they may freely Mm-hmm. I hear you, I hear you. Because most of us live with a lack mentality. We give more credit to what we don't have than to what we do have. Uh, our mouth is opening more complaining than it is praising. Can I give you a secret of being blessed? The secret of being blessed is to thank God for whatever you got. Wherever you are, however it is. Let me say that again for this side of the room. Thank God for whatever you got. However you got it and wherever it is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. You don't have much right now. But thank God for the little bit you do have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God always provides, even if it's just enough for the moment. Mm-hmm. See, see, we're focused on tomorrow. When Jesus said, don't concern yourself. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just deal with the things of today. Uh, 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 God will give you just enough for the moment. And we will thank God for it but complain about tomorrow. But we forget the fact that another moment is coming and he got provision waiting. Oh, that went right over your hat right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. God gave you just enough. Anybody, 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 anybody ever had a bill and got an unexpected check in the mail for the amount of the bill? Just me? Okay. All right. We, we were happy about the unexpected check. But if you be honest with yourself and God, we kind of felt a little some kind of way that we didn't have nothing left over. I wish God you could have sent me at least an extra hundred. I could have taken myself out to eat after I paid the bill. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But we forgot that in the next moment, God got more provision. Okay, let me see. Uh, God, give me an example. Okay, all right. When the children of Israel or when the Israelites get into the desert, they start complaining. We ain't got no meat. God start raining down quail. The quail start coming from everywhere. Chicken. Then they say, we ain't got no bread. He started raining down manna. He says, now, wait a minute. Now, let me tell you about this bread. You can't save it. You got to eat till you're full right now and let the rest, because it's going to spoil immediately. Just know on tomorrow some more bread's going to rain. I don't know who I'm talking to in the room, but this prophetic right here, it's going to rain in your life tomorrow. 
I know as a Friday you thought your rain had run out because your check was over. You, you thought your rain was going to run out because your money just got funny and started laughing at you. But I came to tell you tomorrow is coming and it's going to rain in your life again. I wish I had some faith people in the room that could receive that. Don't be too bougie in here that you can't get your blessing from God. Don't be too cool that you can't receive from the mouth of the Lord. I came to tell you that it's God got some more for you tomorrow. Water got bitter, strike the rock. Water got empty, go over there, there's a pool. Water was nasty, stick it, stick in the water and watch the water purify. God got a way of making things happen in your life. In his question now, Satan causes Eve to focus on what she couldn't have more than what she already had. Let me show you the trick here. Uh, God gave two things. He gave permission and prohibition. What Satan did was flip the two. God said, you can eat off of every tree, but just not this one. Satan turned her focus on what she could not eat because the truth of the matter is if she eats from every tree she full and she don't want nothing from the forbidden tree but what he did was change her focus on what God said no to than what God said yes to and so I had to ask myself, I said, self, self said, huh? I said, why am I wasting opportunities for joy when I allow myself to be depressed because I'm not a millionaire instead of being thankful that I'm a hundredaire? Why am I hurt because the number didn't fall when I still got $10 in my pocket? Because the truth of the matter is, these little ten been carrying me all this time. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I desire more. I know I would love to have more. I'm working to get more. But the truth of the matter is, God been doing all right by me, by what I got. I promise you, I promise you, ain't nobody going to leave here today hungry. You're going to go find you something to eat. With a T, mashing all that together. Some T. Uh, see, see, we complain about not being able to buy steak when we full of bologna. I'm just being real. You, you, uh, see, see, y'all bullshit. Yeah, yeah, make you a bologna sandwich. See, not with that new bologna. I'm talking about that cut bologna that you cut yourself. Got to tear that rind off. Put it in the middle of the pan and watch it bubble up. For you bougie people, you put an X in the middle. I like to see mine bubble up in the middle. Burn around the edges. Get you some mayonnaise or some mustard or whatever your condiment of choice. Get you some light bread, because we didn't have wheat then. Mama wasn't buying wheat. She bought light bread. And if it, we were at the end, you were going to get the end pieces. Toast it and make yourself feel good about it. Yeah. 
place it in that between that bread after you said your grace and got through chewing you didn't think about having no steak no more we are robbed when we forget to place value over what we have second thing I see here in the text is we are robbed when we allow our lack of faith to create prohibitions that God has not given us uh, let me see if I can explain that. You see, God told Adam and Eve, he said, out of you could eat off freely from every tree of the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you cannot eat. For the day you eat of it, you will surely, you will surely die. Okay, well, when Satan starts talking to Eve, look at your Bible. She says, yeah, God said that we could eat off of every tree. But he told us we couldn't eat from that tree, nor could we touch it. Lest we die. God never told her that she couldn't touch the tree. He only told her. She couldn't eat. Uh, see, we speak some stuff over our lives that God has never said about us. We say if we can only be successful under certain conditions. And we start naming conditions that God never named. We said we could be successful if the bank give us a loan. We could be successful if the white man lifts us up. We could be successful if the boss man lifts us up. We could be successful if we had this or if we had that or if we were able to have more education or if we drove this kind of car or lived in this kind of neighborhood. But God never put those conditions over us. In fact, he said that he would withhold no good thing to them that walk upright. Uh, uh, see, I'm realizing something the older I get, Pastor Sergio. Jesus is greater in me than he that is in the world. We quote that scripture all the time. So why do I limit myself to what man says around me if I got a greater one in me? Why is it that I'm listening to you? When our God has placed value on the inside of me and he's expecting me to work that value out to everything and everyone around me and I'm listening to you and your crazy self and I ain't doing nothing with my life. The failure to value who God has called you will cause you to limit where God has placed you. I could be most successful if I had about 400 members. I would love to have 400 more members, but that's 400 more headaches. I would much rather, if it's a financial need, I would much rather God bless y'all with it. Y'all don't hear me. Uh, if it's 75 of us and all the needs are met, I'm successful. As successful as 4,000. And no, no half of y'all. 
Now you saying, Pastor, you don't want the church to grow bigger? Yes, I want the church to grow bigger. I want to pack this room out. And that's your responsibility. Uh-oh. Let me ride up that road too. Now, 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 yes, it's your responsibility. God put you in this garden and told you to tend and care for it, protect it. Which means now, as long as you are here, your responsibility is to help make this garden grow. He's already given me my responsibility. Your responsibility is to tend and make the garden grow and kick the devil out. That's your responsibility. How do I do that? I invite people to church. I bring them in my car that God blessed me with. I, and then when people start dogging out my church and my pastor, I protect them. That's a lost art in the modern day church. See, because y'all, some of y'all have not been a part of the, uh, the old school church. I understand you just don't know. But old school church folk don't let you mess with their pastors. Don't let you talk about their church. Church and pastor go right there with mama. You don't talk about my mama, and you don't fool with my pastor and my church. It's not that I can't defend myself and handle myself, but when people see you defend where you belong, they put equal value to it. Mm. If you sit around and allow people to dog your church out and in your presence, then they, they take that as permission from you to do it. So you become as guilty of it as they are. But when you stand up and say, well, you can feel the way you want to feel, that's fine, but that's mine. Watch your mouth and your tone. Yeah, look how y'all do. Look how y'all do. See, see, I was raised, you ain't supposed to be a punk about yours. If it's yours, if you're a part of it, you ought to be able to stand up for it. That wasn't in here, that's just, just threw that out there. All right, all right. See, Satan calls Eve to start doubting her abilities. And this self-doubt allows Satan now to, uh, to challenge the trustworthiness and truthfulness of God's word. You remember when Satan first started talking to Eve? Well, Satan started using the serpent to talk to Eve. Let me clear up a misnomer, and y'all can ask me these questions on Tuesday night. No, say the snake was not possessed by the, the serpent. The snake was not possessed by Satan. As a matter of fact, the king of the jungle was not the lion previously. The king of the jungle was the serpent. He walked upright. He had the ability to communicate. He was considered beautiful. <laughs> Every other animal respected the serpent. But the serpent also had the ability to listen to suggestion. And so Satan is now suggesting to the serpent what he should say to Eve. Be careful of the whisperers in your life. Those that are always saying, I ain't supposed to tell you this, but 
those that always got the tea or got the suggestion. Well, if I were you, I wouldn't do that. If I were you, I'd leave him. If I were you, I'd go and get my paperwork. You know, it don't take nothing. I get the number for you. I get. Let me say something. Old people used to say, a dog that'll bring a bone. Well, carry them on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one that's always got everybody else's business for you is telling your business to everybody else. And so, uh, y'all, y'all, we'll deal with that on Tuesday. Come on out Tuesday night. We'll talk about it. And so, and so uh, uh, Satan is whispering to the servant, tell her this. You remember when he first started talking, he said, did God say? Question. That if you eat of the tree, that you'll die. He comes back again now because now he sees Eve starting to, to fall for the manipulative. He sees Eve starting to be swayed. And so he says, girl, girl, you ain't going to die. Now you, you, you. He challenges the word of God because he's found someone who is willing to listen to the challenge. Third thing, and I'm done. We are robbed when we allow the enemy to doubt the realities of God's goodness. You see, the reason that God gives permission before he gives prohibition is because his goodness always shines first before his judgment. Uh, see, see, you were, you were a recipient of two things this morning. God's goodness and God's judgment. I ain't going to tell you to raise your hand because I don't want to know your business. How many of y'all prayed before you went to bed last night? I, oh, God bless you. Some of us laid it on down and went right on to sleep. We had good intentions. Father, I come before your... Throne of grace. had good intentions but we laid it on down we didn't repent wait I, I, I take a step further oh you saved sanctified filled with the Holy Ghost mighty burning fire you prayed you got on your knees and prayed thank God for the day you thank God for all of that but you forgot about what you dreamed about you turn my back because I don't tell my own. Just look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. That dream that you didn't want to wake up from. Shall I leave that right there? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So because of stuff, we, you know, we do commit sins of omission and sins of commission. There are some sins that we willingly do that we participate in. There are other sins that we've committed and we just didn't know we did them. 
we, we, we just not aware of. So when you went to bed last night, and between the time you went to bed and the time you got up this morning, there were two things you dealt with. You dealt with God's goodness, you dealt with God's judgment. Now, the thing about it was, we deserve God's judgment. But God allowed his goodness to come first. Just like he let permission come first and prohibition come second. He let his goodness come before his judgment. You were judged last night. But it was so much goodness over you, the judgment didn't take hold. Okay, let me see. Let me see if I can explain that. We got any fighters in the room? I ain't talking about no arguments. I'm talking about fighters. When you, before God kind of touched your heart, or if he already touched it, I'm talking about you go for it. Okay, all right. I'm talking to some people to understand. Okay, there is a reason for Vaseline. Vaseline is used to grease your face. So just in case they get a lick in, The reason that we remove, that you remove your earrings because you don't want them to be able to grab nothing. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, Y'all got, well, well, God's goodness did the same thing to you this morning. It made you so slick that when judgment tried to grab hold to you, judgment slipped right off of you because God sent his goodness First, I don't know who I'm talking to in the room, but I came to tell you, you here out of God's goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made it where you made it here with all your nastiness, with all your messiness, with all your hidden stuff. You made it here because God's goodness overshadowed God's judgment. Had to prove that point, DJ, I'm out of time. Had to prove that point because God's word can never be followed if his goodness can never be trusted. I can't follow God's word if I don't have an inward knowing that God is ultimately good for me. I can't go through bad times successfully if I don't believe that it'll work out for my good. And so Satan now convinces Eve that God is withholding goodness from them. You ain't going to die. God just don't want you to be like him. God is keeping knowledge from you because he knows that if you eat of the tree, you'll be like him. And so God is not good because he don't want you to have the knowledge that he has. And so now Eve is in a perplexing situation because she has allowed the author of sin to convince her that the world has something greater to offer her than what God has already put in her. The theft of our identity has caused us to attempt to try and create an identity for ourselves. The Bible says that after having a conversation with the serpent, as the serpent was having a conversation with the devil, it was a menage a trois. 
They all having a conversation. Uh, after she has that conversation, she starts to look at the fruit with lust in her eyes. It says it, it became desirable for her and looked as if it would be good for food. And so now all the serpent has to do is to pluck it from the tree and offer it to her and say, go ahead, take and eat because you are missing something out of your life. Uh, how is it now that God could give me himself and something be missing. The truth of the matter is, there was nothing missing in Eve. There was something lacking in her surrounding. See, Eve desired something that most of us have desired. Wisdom. What's wrong with that, pastor? The Bible says that out of all you'll get and get understanding. Want us to be wise. Solomon was the wisest man in the world, but Solomon was also a sinful man. Hmm. It's not wisdom that God is against. God is against wisdom without his guidance. Can I share this with you? I'm done. I ain't going to holler hoop or nothing, even though I still got my musician back there. See what I mean? Uh, uh, this is the thing. Eve already had wisdom. Her source of wisdom met her every day in the cool of the evening. If you look at your Bible, God meets them every day to discuss with them all of the discoveries that they have had that he's put in them the day before. But Satan is able to convince her that she doesn't have what she already has. And because of that, she gives her authority away. It seems to me that we're a little, the girls are short in their funds. Are you in charge of the girls? Yes, I am in charge of the girls. Are you in charge of the girls? I am in charge of the girls. Well, either something wrong with your math or there's something wrong with their math because the girls keep coming up short. You already let, I'm not going to ask no trick to roll over and punch no clock to be in no meeting. What, what are you trying to say to me, quick? Are you saying that I'm stealing? <laughs> 
I'm not saying you stealing. I'm just saying there's something wrong with either your math or they math. Something going, uh, you in charge of the girls, aren't you? What, what are you saying, Pastor? Y'all don't watch movies. Mm. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that you were in charge of everything and had managerial authority. But you allowed the devil to make up a lack in your life. Hear me closely. He made up the lack. Because you don't have one. Oh, so yeah, you didn't go to school. Like some of your counterparts. That doesn't mean you got lack. See, you got to understand there are two kinds of senses. There's educational, intellectual sense. And there is common sense. And just because you are intellectually astute does not mean that you got common sense. And everybody around you ain't common. Oh, look at you. Some of y'all know how to get around on the job, but some of y'all got street in you. Oh, y'all don't understand. Some of us, once we lose our job and get a pink slip, we, we go into depression. We start looking at handguns to see if we're going to blow our brains out. But there are some of us that got hustle in us that if we get a pink slip, we start trying to figure out, do I still know how to do braids? Do I still, look how y'all looking at me. Do I still know how to cook if I make sandwiches and cut them up and go over here and sell my sandwiches? I could still make it. I, I may not be able to do a computer, but I can swing a hammer. I, I still know how to build on a house. I still know how to make some steps. I still know, and I'll take what I got. Uh, uh, my teacher's salary ain't enough, so I'll bake me some cakes. I'll bake me some pies. Everybody like my banana pudding. I charge $2 for a thing of banana pudding. And going, oh, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. God has put in you everything you need. Quit letting the devil lie to you. About what she ain't got. Until you place value in what God put inside of you, the devil and half your friends are steal what you got. I don't care what it is. Shucks, that's why some of y'all ain't got no husband right now. Because you let your baby, you let your girlfriend talk you out of what you had of value. All he needed was some fixing up and cussing out. Y'all don't like me because I'm real. Oh, but you let her tell you, ah, go on, leave him, go on, walk away. Now she walking around with him. And she did what you should have done. Fixed him up, cussed him out. Oh, Lord. Look how y'all women, look at y'all. Y'all just got giddy on that part right there. Man, you let her walk off. On, all you had to do was tell her no. Let me say, let me share something with you. I'm through, I'm really through preaching, but I'm, I'm meddling now. Let me share something with you. First of all, a woman don't want no man she can run all over. 
She want a man that will be sensitive. She want a man that's not abusive. She wants a man that has gets caring and concerned and, and will attend to her needs. True enough. But she don't want no punk. Let me help you with something. Just take this from the Reverend. No is sexy sometimes. You ain't got to be disrespectful. Hear me well. I'm not saying disrespect. Sometimes you got to say, well, you know, I don't think we ought to do it that way. Well, I think we ought to. No, we don't need to do it. No. It's not going to happen. If you're doing it, you're doing it on your own. And don't call me when it's jacked up. You don't know what you're talking about. I married a strong woman on purpose. She knows what she wants and has no problem saying what she wants. She has no problems articulating for herself. But every now and then, Big Daddy got to put his foot down and say, uh-uh, we ain't doing it like that. It doesn't make her any less of a woman. It doesn't make her any less intelligent. But God is going to hold me responsible for my household. And if it's not the right thing for our household at the moment, then I got to say no. It doesn't mean that I'm not listening to her suggestion because oftentimes her suggestion is the best one. But there are some times when it just ain't right and I say no. Do you think she goes quietly into the good night? No. Sometimes I got to brace myself for a fight. Because it's going to be one. But sometimes I got to stand my ground. I listen to her points and take on the points at work. But sometimes you got to put your foot down and say no. Now some of y'all women can't get with that because you are so independent. That's why you're going to stay alone. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Old folk wisdom says all the sense ain't in one head. And although you're strong-willing, you've done a great job taking care of yourself and taking care of your children if you have them and all of that. But every now and then, if you got somebody significant in your life that's led by God, let him lead. He's led by God. I'm on a church, man. Okay, you got one. Let him lead. Help him. I ain't perfect. She, she's creative-minded as far as events and stuff. I look to her for that. I used to be, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it till I figured out all the stuff you got to keep up with. She loved that kind of stuff. So I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to have this. I'm going to do this. Get it working for me. She has, she has her value. She helps me. But what I came to tell you is, I ain't going to let the devil and none of y'all tell me I'm lacking. Because the trick of the enemy is, I got something better than what she got. I'm helping somebody right now. I got something better than what she got. Try mine. And you will trade her. You and the devil lying. First of all, I'm too old to be lying and fooling around with you. I can't keep up with them stories no more. 
I used to be good at it, but I ain't good at it no more. So I ain't trying to do all that. I done spent too much time and investment. Byron, understand. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm done. I am. I am. What I'm saying to you is we, because we don't appropriately apply value to what God has put in us, we allow the devil to trick us out of stuff that we already got. We had wisdom. We had authority. We had the run of the garden. There's a whole lot of questions I got to ask God when I get there. God, you didn't put death in the world. But you had a tree of life in the garden that you told us to eat off of. I got to ask him why. Maybe because he already knew that we were stupid. What is it in your life that you've allowed the devil to trick you out of? Can I tell you that Jesus came? To remove you from the tricks. What has he suggested to you that you cannot do? No's should motivate you. Tell me no. Me and Pastor Croom were together yesterday, all day yesterday, and we were talking. And uh, he and I like a lot whole lot of ways we got to like, a whole lot of things we do alike. One of the things we do alike is, if you want me to learn something, tell me no. Or try to gouge me financially. Them two things right there. That's going to make me learn whatever you're doing. I'm going to master it. And when I bring it back to you, it's going to be better than what you were offering me. Just tell me I can't do it or tell me, oh, it's going to cost you or arrogant about it. Make me mad. I'm going to figure out. I don't care what it is. It could be making pink dresses. I will sit down to a sewing machine and go to pepping, pushing the pedal till I figure out bobbing thread and needles and all that till I figure out how to make a pink dress. And when I tell you once I make it, it's going to be bad. And I ain't the pink dress type of guy. But it's the motivation. What am I saying? I'm saying this finally. For finally. You all stop allowing the devil to tell you you have lack that you don't have. To cause you to, make, to create prohibitions that God never gave you. You could have touched the tree all you wanted to. Just don't eat from it. How do we know that while they were in the garden, God wasn't talking to them under the tree? Because he had the knowledge of good and evil. So why is it now when God is not around? And it's those times when God is not talking very loudly to you. That the enemy makes suggestions to you and tell you you're not adequate. Tell you you can't do, you don't have enough education. Tell you your record prohibits you or your past stops you.
Call the devil what he is. A liar. And you stank. And move on and do what he told you you couldn't. My name is John Crosland. I am dangerous. And I belong to a dangerous church. Everybody stay.